0: The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Coastal Community Church again. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, great to have you with us today. We have had just an unbelievable uh, weekend already. We've had a lot of fun. We had a, a marriage seminar on Friday and Saturday, had over 100 uh, people here for that. And uh, Marvin and Sharon Thomas, Marvin, Ter- Sharon, ra- raise your hand over there. There they are. Everybody say, Woo, Marvin and Sharon! They did a great job for us over the weekend, and uh, we just invited them to stick around and party with us today. So we're glad they were able to do that. Hey, one other thing, though, uh, Ryan forgot to mention that there's an extra incentive today for filling out the Connect card. So at the end of both of our services, we're going to actually draw, pull uh, from the little uh, blue buckets that come by and collect these things, and uh, we're going to give away a honeymoon package and uh, I promise, you're, no one's going to be staying at the Evergreen Hotel down the highway. Uh, no one's going to be there. But uh, we actually have some very nice things we're going to be giving away. It's a two-night stay uh, at the Ansonboro uh, Inn downtown. It's like a four-star, uh, four-diamond uh, re- uh, place, uh, hotel here in Charleston. Uh, dinner for two with wine pairings at uh, circa 1886, which is voted one of the most romantic restaurants in the country. And uh, and then a, a couple's massage, I think, at Urban Nirvana. And uh, so uh, the way you have a chance to win that is you fill out your Connect card. Now you're all filling it out, Archie. Like, okay, and don't, don't, put, don't put gum on the back. That's not going to help you any. Don't, don't come up with any kind of strategy. But uh, anyway, but uh, we're, like I said, today is going to be awesome. We're so excited uh, that you're here. Hey, I was not planning on doing this today, and I just thought about this. And, uh, I, you know, a lot of times at churches, when they have something like this, they actually recognize uh, couples who've been married, like, the the longest, and I, I know I, I talked to somebody earlier this week uh, that have been married like 40 something years. But let's start if you are uh, if you've been married longer than 30 years, just uh, raise your hand, raise your hand longer than 30. Okay, I, I see a few go, oh, keep your hands up. Okay, longer than 35, keep your hands up. Okay, a couple of hands went down. Okay, longer than 40. Okay, I still see some hands. Wow, longer than 45. Okay, I see some hands right there. Anybody else, hands up? And right back there. Hold on, hold on. So how, how, longer than 50? 50? How many years? 48. How many years? 47. Hey, you, y'all both stand up. Let's give these guys a, a, a hand. Very good. Glad you guys are here today. I mean, that is if you can stand. I'm just teasing. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just like, I know it's been rough. It's been rough. No, it's been a great 47, 48 years, I'm sure. Hey, today is going to be a st- special day. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for all of us as we celebrate uh, marriage. And uh, we've been in this series called The Vow, uh, talking about healthy relationships, healthy marriages, uh, how to create a marriage that goes the distance uh, for the long haul. And uh, today we're going to give all of our married couples in the room, even if you are here today, the first time. Uh, If you're married and you're here, we'd like to give everybody an opportunity to renew their marriage vows. Now, before we get started, let me say this. I I really want to say a word specifically to all the single adults here today. Now, if you've been here at all during this series, you know that each Sunday I have made a very specific point uh, to speak directly to you. And uh, you know, one of the things we want to do with this series is we want to equip you with the tools necessary to have healthy relationships so that one day you have a strong marriage, you have a marriage that uh, honors God and goes the distance. Now, I realize that today might seem a little bit different. You know, since we're focusing on uh, married couples and renewing their vows and all that, you, you might feel a little bit differently. You might, you know, be tempted to think that you're being left out. However, According to several very non-scientific surveys and studies, I've been told that weddings are a great place to meet chicks and pick up guys. So, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, if you're smart and just a little bit, you're going to look around and see who's not standing up to renew their vows, and you're going to see who's available. I mean, I really think Pastor Chris is lobbing you a softball today, okay? You know, there's going to be dancing, love is in the air. I mean, do I have to do all the work for you? Come on. I mean, instead of swipe right or swipe left, you just got to look to your left and look to your right. I mean... It's right there, anyway. So, if you are married today, and you are here with your husband or wife, and you had absolutely no idea that we were doing this, in fact, if you're pretty sure that you were tricked into coming here today, you were, okay? Um, But don't worry, God can even use the deceitfulness, I mean, the loving encouragement of your spouse for his purposes and his glory. So, and I promise there's cake afterwards. so that's always good. Um, Maybe you're here today with your husband or your wife, and uh, seriously, you weren't, you know, really planning on doing this, and, you know, you really haven't talked about it much, uh, but you're here. And uh, like I said, love is in the air, and now maybe you're kind of thinking, you know what, why not? Um, You'd like to renew your vows. You'd like to participate. Well, I just want, I want you to hear loud and clear from me today. We would love for you to join us. So in just a few minutes, um, when I have all the couples who would like to participate to uh, so stand up, uh, you can join in as well. And let me say this. If you're, uh, if you're shy about you know, standing up in front of people, it is absolutely fine to simply you know, turn to your husband or wife and, and hold hands And uh, look into each other's eyes and repeat the vows uh, after me uh, right there as well. We'd love for you to do that. But before we get there, before we renew our vows, uh, I want to say a few things. I want to say a few things to all the married couples who are here today who are going to be participating. First of all, I really believe that God is pleased with you, you made a vow. You made a vow to one another, um, and you made a vow to God, and you've kept that vow. That holy promise, that holy covenant, that commitment. And I'm sure it wasn't easy, was it? You know, every great relationship has obstacles, has ups and downs. You know, what makes a great relationship is not that you don't have issues or problems or difficulties, it's that you have those things and you go through them together and you come out stronger on the other side. And so you've kept that vow. I think God's smiling today. And so as your pastor, I just want to congratulate you on that. I also want to say how how proud I am of you. You know, as as the pastor here at Coastal, this is one of the, the greatest joys of my life, I get to marry people. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know, know this or not, but I have married a lot of people over the years. No joke. Literally hundreds and hundreds. You might not know this little fact, but Charleston actually is the number two. It's the second most popular wedding destination in the country. Did you know that? Las Vegas is number one. <laughs> I don't even think they count. Come on. I mean... You know, if you dress up like Elvis, that's not really a marriage. Anyway, um, but Charleston is number two. Um, But to be able to stand here today and to lead you in a recommitment of your marriage vows, to me that's an honor and that's a privilege. I also want to say that our church is grateful for you. You are models of commitment in a world that many times knows very little about commitment. I mean, think about this for a second. You have succeeded where many celebrities have failed. I mean, sadly, you know, some of the most famous people in the world have have failed at what you've succeeded at. And so I congratulate you for that today, I'm proud of you. You know, from the very beginning of time, it's always been God's plan for men and women to get married. In fact, God thought it up. He thought up love, he thought up sex, he thought up marriage, he thought up the family. It was all his idea. In fact, it was the very first institution that God ever created. When God made Adam, he put him in a perfect environment. Think about this, It was so perfect, he didn't even have a mother-in-law. Isn't that amazing? It was perfect. Wow, no, I just, It's not even on my notes. God just brought that one to me right there this morning. Um, But when God made Adam, he put him in a perfect environment. Adam had everything he could ever want. There were no problems. And yet, God looked down and basically said, this is not good. This is not good. Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So God made Adam a wife, a partner, a lover, a friend. And he brought them together and he created the very first marriage. And then God looked down and said, this is very good. Today, I believe that God is looking down at us and saying, this is good. This is very good. This is a good thing that you're doing as you renew your commitment to each other, your your vow. You know, each week that I've... um, Each week in this series, I've made a reference to having a marriage that will go the distance, right? You know, a marriage that will endure through the ups and the downs of life that we all all struggle with. So what is it that makes a marriage endure, makes a marriage last? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, in fact. There are three things that will endure, three, three things that will endure, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So if you want to build a marriage that lasts, that endures, then first of all, you got to build it on faith. On faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And we've talked a lot about faith in this series. You need faith in yourself you know, that you can be the man, the woman that God's called you to be, a husband, a wife. You need faith in one another. But most importantly, of course, you need faith in God. God is that glue that holds the relationship together. You also need hope. You need hope because life isn't always easy, is it? And many of the couples here today, most of you, in fact, could, could agree with that, right? It's, it's not always been easy. You've had your share of ups and downs. And God says that through these tough times, You need hope. Listen to this verse. Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Somebody once said that hope stands for holding on, praying expectantly. And sometimes in a marriage, that's all you got. You know, honestly, there are times when you don't have feelings for each other, and the feelings that you do have aren't aren't very good. And so you're going through tough times and you got to hold on praying expectantly. And many of you here have done that. You've been through some tough times. And thirdly, you need love. God designed marriage to be built on love. It's the foundation. The Bible says that God is love, that love comes from God. The problem, however, is that you know, we live in a world where most people really don't understand love. We just use the term so flippantly. You know, I love, I love cheese. I love Clemson. I love, you know, my wife. And, you know, years ago, in fact, I was uh, preaching another series. It was very early on in the history of our church. I was preaching another series on relationships. And uh, so I decided to uh, look up the definition of love in an encyclopedia. Now, for those of you that are younger than 40, uh, just think Google... With paper, okay? It's an actual book. It's a book, okay? So I got out this particular encyclopedia and I looked up love, and no joke, this is what it said Love. See sex and see emotion. That's exactly what it said. And that's why, that, that's what's exactly what so many people think about love today, right? They think love is something that's just physical, it's, it's emotional, that love equals sex and feelings. Now, listen to me for a second. Obviously, you know, there's a great physical component to love, but love is so much more than sex. It is. Now, if, if you're married, I hope you have a great sex life. I do. In fact, I hope you go home and have sex today, okay? <laughs> Pastor Chris said, you know, it, you know <laughs> This is not in my notes either, so I probably shouldn't share this, but I'm going to. Uh, so this past week, we got a new mattress. And uh, Janet thinks it was <laughs> <laughs> Janet thinks it was all strategy on my part. You know, marriage seminar, renew, you know, anyway, but it's a great mattress. I love it. Anyway, but sex will not sustain a marriage. It won't. Sex won't fix a bad marriage. It won't. Love is also not an emotion. It's not a feeling either. You know, it's not. Now, obviously, love affects feelings. It affects emotions. Oh, boy, does it affect emotions. But, and, and, it, and it can create emotions. It causes emotions. But love's not a feeling. It's not. You know, for those of you who've been married for longer than 10 minutes, um, you know I, in fact, I, I can prove, I can prove that love is not a feeling. You know, you realize that if both of you always acted on your feelings, you'd both be in jail right now for murder, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, you would. If you're killing each other. Love's not a feeling. Love is a choice. It's a commitment. In fact, I'd argue that emotional maturity is when you begin to live by your commitments and not by your feelings. Maturity, emotional maturity is when you begin to live by your commitments, not by your feelings. You know, again, I said over the years, I've I've literally performed hundreds of of wedding ceremonies. I really enjoy doing weddings. But there's at least two passages of scriptures that I read at every single wedding that I perform. In fact, I had a wedding yesterday, and I read these two passages. First one, Philippians chapter 2 verses three and four. Listen to this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. That's love. You see, love is choosing to treat someone the way you want to be treated, regardless of how you feel, and regardless of how they respond, because there are going to be days when you don't feel like being very loving. And there's going to be many times when they don't respond the way you think they ought to. It's putting the other person first, it's, it's thinking of the other person, it's giving them what they need, not what they deserve. It means making their problem our problem. And then the other passage that I read uh, is probably read at weddings more than any other passage. Of scripture, and In fact, many of you probably had this passage of Scripture read at your wedding. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And a lot of people refer to it as the love chapter of the Bible. Usually when it's read at weddings, it, it sounds very poetic. But the longer you're married, the more you actually realize this is about real love. The real stuff of life. You know, it's about the challenge of everyday love that, that only God can put in your heart, that only God can sustain. Listen to what it has to say about real love. And as I read these words, I want all the married couples here, I want you to actually think about your relationship over the years, okay? Here goes. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous, or boastful, or proud, or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable. Listen to this one. And it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. It's never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Love will last forever. What kind of lover are you? I'd like to ask all of the married couples here who would like to renew their marriage vows, I want to ask you to stand up and I want you to make your way either into like one of the aisles right here. Some of you can come down front, right here. You can go off to the side. You can come uh, to the back. Uh, just don't come up here on the stage. That's going to freak our security team out. Okay. So go ahead and do that right now. Go ahead and stand up. Uh, make your way to the front, to the aisles, to the sides, to the back. And uh, then I want you to face each other wherever you go. Just get off to your by yourself there wherever you go. Face each other, join hands. Go ahead and do that right now. And we're going to play some music while you get in place. Again, every husband and wife here today can participate. Okay, we got some room right over here. Come on down. Just face each other. Y'all look so romantic. So loving. For those of you who may be nervous about standing up and facing one another, if you're still seated, you can turn and join hands and face each other there. Okay, I think we're, we're all in place. So, husbands and wives, what you're about to do, this recommitment of your marriage vows, in many ways, in many ways is far more significant and meaningful. Because now you actually know this person. You do. You know their weaknesses, every single one of them, and they know yours. You know that each other is not perfect. Your marriage has been tested by time, by problems, and by trials. And you actually have a greater understanding today of what commitment and love is truly all about. Men, I want you to look into your wife's eyes. I challenge you now before God, before all these witnesses. That you are to accept this woman that you're looking at as a gift from God. She's God's gift to you. You are to love her unconditionally. You are to accept every part of your wife. Because the Bible says that once you are united in marriage, in God's eyes, the two of you have become one flesh. So to reject any part of your wife would be in essence to reject yourself. Because God sees you as one. Men, you are to love this woman as Christ loved the church, sacrificially, putting her needs above your own. You're to love her and to let your love be an example of Christ's love for us. Ladies, likewise, I want you to look at this man, look at your husband. I challenge you and charge you before God and before all these witnesses to accept this man as God's gift to you. You are to love him unconditionally. To reject any part of him, again, in essence, would be to reject yourself because you are one in Christ with him. Your love is to be an example of God's love for each other. Now, men... I want you to go first. I want you to repeat these vows after me, and I don't want you to whisper them. I want you to say them out loud like you mean it. I'd love to be able to hear you up here on the stage, okay? So here we go. Before God and all these witnesses, I renew my commitment to love you. I promise to cherish you as God's gift to me. I promise to respect you and to accept our differences. I promise to share my feelings and to forgive you. I promise to pray for you, to love you, and to be faithful to you. I promise to grow in loving and serving God with you. I love you with all of my heart. And I will for all of my life. With God's help, I promise to make our home a place of joy. as long as we both shall live. Ladies, it's your turn. I want you to repeat this after me. Before God and all of these witnesses, I renew my commitment to love you. I promise to cherish you as God's gift to me. I promise to respect you and to accept our differences. I promise to share my feelings and to forgive you. I promise to pray for you, to love you, and to be faithful to you. I promise to grow. In loving and serving God with you, I love you with all of my heart and I will for all of my life. With God's help, I promise to make our home a place of joy as long as we both shall live. Now, there's one other thing that you both did when you got married, I'm sure. You exchanged rings. Now, the reality is many of you are not going to be able to get them off of your hands now. (laughs) Okay, that's just the truth. But the ring has been a symbol that's been around for thousands and thousands of years in many different cultures. Though small in size, over time, these rings have become very, very large in significance. Many of them are made of a precious metal or maybe even contain precious stones, and they remind us that your love for each other is not something that's to be taken for granted or cheap or commonplace. Made in an unbroken circle, their design tells us that your love for each other should never come to an end. So as you continue to wear these rings, whether together or apart for just a moment, there to serve as constant reminders of the promises that you once made and renewed here today. So, men, here's what I want you to do I want you to put your hand on your wife's ring that you once gave her, look into her eyes, and repeat after me this promise I give you this ring again as a symbol of my vow. And with all that I am and all that I have, I love and honor you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Ladies, I want you to do the same thing. I want you to put your hand on your husband's ring that you once gave him, look into his eyes, and repeat after me this promise. I give you this ring again as a symbol of my vow and with all that I am and all that I have I love and honor you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, That these husbands and wives have given themselves to each other again by solemn vows before us, all of us, and before God as their witnesses, I now pronounce that they are and continue to be husband and wife in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one or no thing ever separate. Husbands. You may now kiss your wife. Woo! Okay, if you will, everybody do me a favor turn and face everybody in your section where you're sitting. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to present to you again all of these couples as husbands and wives. All right. Hey, couples, whoa, 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 hold on one second. Before you sit down, just stay standing just for a moment. Join hands with your husband and wife, and uh, I want to pray for you, okay? Join hands. Let's just bow our heads and pray together before you're seated. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I want to thank you so, so much for making up, thinking up this idea of love. God, you are love. Thank you for thinking up the idea of, of marriage and family. That we don't have to go through life alone. And Father, right now, I ask you to bless these marriages. God, bless them with your love. Bless them with wisdom. With patience. Bless them with forgiveness. Because we're all imperfect I ask you to bless these marriages with with good health so they can better serve you and love this world. I ask you to bless these marriages financially so that they can generously give to others and provide for their families. I ask you to bless them together as they fulfill your purposes for their lives in this generation. God, may this world, may Charleston be a better place because of their love for each other. May they be an example of your love for us. And God, I pray that you would protect them from all the forces, all the temptations that want to destroy or tear apart their union. May other people see Jesus and see you in their marriage. So I ask you now to bless these, these husbands and these wives these marriages in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the Bible says that one of the beautiful things about marriage is that it's a picture of God's love for us. You know, the the church, we're called the, the bride of Christ and Jesus is the bridegroom. And guys, I don't know what you came here with today. I don't know your story, but I know God does. And I know you're not here by accident. You're not here by mistake. Listen, I want to tell you, God loves you. He loves you. You matter to him more than you think you do. You know, the reason we need forgiveness is because we're sinners, plain and simple. We've blown it. You know, the, the standard you know, of judgment, the standard of comparison is not me, it's not you, it's not your neighbor, your coworker, you know, it's not that person who drives you crazy. It's not Billy Graham, it's not Mother Teresa, and it's not the Pope. It is the holiness of God. And if that's the standard, guess what? We all fall short. We're all sinners. You know, that's, and and, and we need a savior. And here's the great news: one has been provided for you. His name is Jesus. He went to a cross. He died on a cross for your sin, and he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death, and he is alive. And the Bible simply says that if you'll put your faith and your trust in him, you become a brand new person, forgiven, clean. And then your job and my job is just simply to thank him, to thank him with our very lives. It's not about doing. You and I can't do enough. We can't earn our salvation. We can only live for Jesus and thank him for what he's done. And so this morning, listen, if you'd like to come home, if you'd like to walk out of here a brand new person, forgiven and wiped clean, you can do it today. And I'd like just to invite you just to pray a simple prayer with me and then we're going to move into a time of response. So bow your heads and pray with me just one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I just thank you for our time together this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to to do what we did. And it really is an honor. God, I believe that there are people in this room, there might be somebody who's watching online right now, who is ready to come home. They're ready to begin a new life with you. They're ready to be forgiven. And if that's you, it's just, it's so simple and yet so beautiful. It's just as, as beautiful and as simple as a prayer. It's just opening up your heart and receiving what God has done and trusting Him. And so if you're ready to do that, follow me right now in a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, I admit it. I've blown it. I've walked away from you. I've I've gone my own way. And today I turn my back on all of that and I turn toward Jesus in faith. God, I believe. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe he went to a cross and died for my sin. And I ask him right here and right now to be my savior, to be my Lord, to forgive me of my sin. And Father, I choose today to follow him for the rest of my days. God, I just want to become what you now see me as, forgiven and brand new. I love you, and I pray this today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.